0: Am I so immersed in scripture at times, or so immersed in the in the business of ministry or whatever yeah. that I I'm like the foolish man?
1: Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly video cast where we hang out for about 20 minutes or so, take some time with the presenter, the speaker of the previous weekend to talk about and exegete, break down the teaching of the weekend and apply it to everyday life. And again, last weekend, we had Paul Hoover, Sr., um, uh, a member of our church family, but also was the interim lead pastor for these last several months before we had uh, Andrea Jacobson show up. And so uh, he was able to fill in last minute uh, for Andrea. And so we were very happy to have Paul. And now we have Paul, Joining us live, sort of via Zoom on Kettering Connect this week. So, Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Happy to be here. Uh, no, this is the second time we actually did a Kettering Connect via Zoom with random technology and, and it worked. So, uh, so I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, So yeah, thank you. You did talk about this last weekend. Um, You said last week in your sermon how you had to fill in last minute because Andrea's uh, father-in-law passed away suddenly, and so she needed to be with her husband Michael and his family up in Wisconsin, which absolutely a hundred percent needed to uh, want to love and support them through that. So you were able to fill in, which you really appreciate. And when you did kind of last minute, I know in your sermon, you talked about how uh, you prayerfully considered, you know, what is it that God is wanting to say to this community during this time? And you landed on Matthew seven verses 24 to 27. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Like what led you to, to land on this thought?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, You know, just like everyone right now, um, I think I'm experiencing, uh, as the country is, um, some real divided issues that are raised, uh, whether it's uh, racial in context or whether it's political in nature, um, whether it's cultural. Um, uh, perspectives and it it almost seems to be class driven whether uh, anyway there's all kinds of division going on and so i i can't help but be thinking about that and of course a part of all of us is in a way not only to resolve it for ourselves but to be a voice uh, in our family uh, our communities our neighbors uh Because everyone's experiencing the same thing. And so uh, in talking to Andrea, it was between series, and so I kind of had an open slate. And uh, big in my heart is, of course, I I believe that God is the answer. Now, that is a broad, broad Mm -hmm. answer. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also began thinking in my own experience, because these issues ebb and flow through my life and having been a, a kid that grew up in the 60s um, with, with, uh, from the Kennedy assassination and the Vietnam War and the disruptive nature of riots in cities. And, um, and, and so I've experienced that and tried to, in a sense, reconcile it. And, and, and it, it's almost as if some of those same issues are with us again today. And it's like mm-hmm. after 40 odd, 40, 50 years, we're still wrestling with them and still of course in any student of history sees that these issues have been going forever but for me i was thinking to answer your question what has what has helped me as a person Hmm. through those turmoils? well i know in in the late 70s for me who was experiencing personally deep uh travail or, or issues or troubles or uncertainty it was A relationship with God and primarily um, through the Word of God because even when you begin talking to the Christian community you get a lot of different answers about a lot of similar things and they're spoken with a lot of passion Um, but the Word of God for me personally has been a source of comfort and as I've thought about the last 40 45 years I think the word of God is really what has helped me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's the driving force to answer your question, why it led me to this particular passage, because I think as Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount, that's really what he's getting to. He's getting at about a human being like you and me. And what is it we can do? What can we engage in? To find stability, um, anyway. So that, right. I think that's w- what came into it.
1: Yeah, no, that 100. That makes complete sense. And so, right to your point, um, what I find interesting about this passage, and then let's let's read it and dive into it, is uh, like you said, this these words come at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, which many deem, and I would agree is perhaps the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher ever to preach. And, and this is how he lands it. Right. And, and I don't know about you when, when you were, being trained to, to to do this stuff, uh, I know that when I went to Southern Adventist University and and uh, I was first taught homiletics, uh, my early professors taught me that before or when you go to write any sermon, any message or teaching, you always start with the end in mind, right? So in other words, you you actually begin with the end, right? You got to nail the ending, and then you build everything out, right, from there. So. I don't know if if that's what Jesus did, but I do think we should pause and take a look at this phenomenal sermon with some teaching that honestly is is mind-blowing and and it shakes us to our core. Like, if we actually were to go back and break down this sermon— he has some really deep things to say that really could kind of mess with us a little bit uh, as far as how we look at the world and how we treat each other and look at our situations and stuff, which is really interesting. But at the end, this is how he lands it. This very, um, I was going to say basic. It's not basic, but it's very simple almost. And it's teaching, right? Um, And Jesus did that, right? As, As this phenomenal pastor, preacher, theologian, he could take these huge, deep theological concepts and break them down into such simple language that everyone could understand uh, with the story with these two individuals. So um, so I love that. So let's take a few minutes, let's read it, and then, yeah, just kind of break it down a little bit um, and, and talk about it. So uh, for everyone watching at home, we are in Matthew chapter 7. I, so no one saw this except maybe People watching online. I went to my Bible just now, so I have my okay. This is this shows how weird I am. I I have my iPad, which I use to kind of scroll, and then I went to my Bible just now, and I went to scroll my actual Bible, and then when it didn't work, I had a moment of like panic, like what what's wrong with this? Anyway, that was that was for free. Okay, but for everyone watching at home, this is Matthew chapter seven, uh, and we're going to read verses twenty four to twenty seven. Okay.
0: Uh, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it, it, it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that that house, and it fell with a great crash.
1: So, yeah, I'm just going to bring up some quick observations and, you know, jump in, Paul, uh, whenever. One thing that really stands out to me is... There's this comparison between these two individuals. And the comparison actually begins the same way with very similar language. In verse 21, it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise and then goes on. And then in verse 26, anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it. So in other words, right, they didn't have Wi-Fi in those days, right? So in other words, who these two individuals... Um they're actually listening to Jesus. They're actually clo- like physically close to Jesus. Um and so there's some comparisons and um and some similarities between these two. Um so I think that's interesting, right? At the beginning here. Um but one thing is that they both have the same dream, right? Like they both have the same dream and that is they both wanted to build a house. Now, Paul, I don't know what you think about that when you think about, okay, building a house, um, did a little scriptural study. And basically, I find it really fascinating that in the scriptures, the concept of a house could be referred to like four different areas. Um, a house could refer to a life. Okay, so now taking what you just said and looking at the scriptures. Okay, so Jesus is landing this message with, okay, there are some individuals who want to build a life. Okay, got it and 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 when people think about their lives like no one plans to build their life based on failure right no one really grows up thinking you know thinking too small right everyone's got big dreams for their life um, okay so there's that there's that option another time or another um, way that the scriptures use the word uh, house is in the concept of a family like in the house of David um, so you could say these individuals wanted to build a family okay good well when we're thinking about our families and the future of our family other you know a spouse, or maybe some of us, maybe we just want a date, right? We'd be happy with a date, um, right? Or, or if we have children, okay, we have dreams for our children or our grandchildren, right? So, okay, so that makes it relatable. These guys are thinking about building something, you know, building a great family. Another option, a third option in scripture when it talks about house, um, like house of faith or house of prayer or the house of God, for example, is could be this idea of building like a ministry. Um, Okay, well, you and I are in this business, right, of ministry. When I think of not just youth ministries now and junior high ministries and young adult ministries and collegiate ministries and just serving our world, you know, the Seventh Avenue faith tribe. Like, we have big thoughts, right? We have big dreams, right? So, okay, I understand that. So these guys are are thinking about building a ministry, right? They're thinking build. Okay, and then the other fourth option is, the thinking big, I meant. Um but then the fourth option could be, right? Uh in the Bible when it talks about house, would be like the like an idea of culture or society, right? Because we also see like the house of Israel um is, is referred to oftentimes, referring to you know, the entire society. And even just, you know, we were talking about it a few minutes ago, even today, right? We have the White House and we have the House of Congress, uh uh, uh so an individual in history that my kids absolutely love, specifically my son, Noah, he just loves this, this historical figure, uh, Abraham Lincoln. And, uh, you know, Lincoln in 1858, he quoted Jesus when he said, a house divided cannot stand. Well, he's not talking about a ministry or a family or, or a life. He's talking about our country, right? So in, in other words, what, here's Jesus, he's landing this message. And it, 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 to me, it's almost like, okay, are you interested in building a great life? Are you interested in building a great family? Are you interested in building a great ministry, or are you really do you really care about our world and our country and, and all of that? Well, then this is for you. I don't know, does that make sense? It, it does.
0: And it, it uh, Jason, I think what, if you take any of those four or all of them, it, it still boils down to the same issue that as human beings, I think sometimes we find ourselves thinking we're helpless. Mm. I think what he's saying is we're not helpless. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the kingdom of God and all of its authority, all of its benefits, all of its riches uh, are are there for us. And we can, we can change the trajectory of our life. Mm-hmm. So we can alter that, not by ourselves, not right. by pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We're not building this house by ourselves. But depending on where we build it, how we build it, Right. We can build something that is going to last, endure.
1: Well, exactly. So that seems to be, you know, the, one of the differences. Then, right? So they both have this dream of building something great. Um, as I uh, before alluded to, both of them apparently we close to Jesus. So in other words, they both were exposed to truth, right? I mean, sometimes I think, yeah. um, well, the, the foolish, you know, he just wasn't exposed to truth. No, that's not what Jesus says. He said he actually heard and was there. Yep. So they both have this connection and exposure to truth and they both face a storm, but then it seems like that's where the similarities, uh, you know, kind of end, right? Because then there are some major differences and, you know, just this whole idea of storms. It's just like, man, everybody faces storms right now. Your storms are totally different than my storms and, and the people watching, right? They have their own set of storms, but it's almost like if you have a beating heart on this planet, you will face storms. Let's just own that. Right? Uh, so they, they, so they're going to face some storms, but then there are these, these differences. Um, and and then at the very beginning, Jesus says, okay, so one is wise and one is foolish which to me, it maybe it's just beyond obvious. I just think it's interesting. So in other words, you could be wise and foolish and have the same dream, right? You could be wise and foolish and dream about having a big, great life, a great family, a great ministry, or a great society or culture. You, that also means, right, you could also be wise and foolish and be close to Jesus and listening. <laughs> yep. Yep. And it also means both the wise and the foolish are going to experience storms. So it's not a, the difference isn't, you know, because sometimes I think we think, well, as long as I follow Jesus, I'm going to sign up with Jesus and then life is going to be all good and full of gravy and uh, right. Just the, the blessings are going to flow upon me. That's not at all what Jesus is saying. He's saying, no, storms will show up, whether you're wise yeah. or foolish, whether you're close to me or not, whether you're listening or not. Storms show up, so that isn't really the issue. The issue is, and then it gets into the rock and the sand, the foundation
0: yeah and, and I think you're right It's the same wind, the same rain the, the same creek that rises, beats against the house right uh, they're identical. The difference right. is how the person's related to to the to the words that he. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, right. they're wise. If they hear the word and hear my words and don't put them into practice, right. um, you're absolutely right. It's, it's the people that are hearing the words uh, of Jesus. And, and I was, you know, this morning I was thinking as I was reading a passage in the New Testament, Jesus is speaking, and, and the, the, some of the scribes and Pharisees are really upset at him. In fact, they plan to kill him at this point. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, as I contemplated later on this morning, or earlier this morning, I was thinking, how in the world could people be with Jesus, mm-hmm. see him, uh, he, he heals this guy who's been blind for 38, 40 years or something. Mm-hmm. And they're angry at him and they want to kill him because of what he did, because it was on the Sabbath. Right. It's like, how can a human being be so close to God physically? Right. Hear him and see him and touch him even, and yet not know him. And of mm. course, uh, as, as I contemplated that, I, I thought about myself, mm-hmm. you know, Am I so immersed in scripture at times or so immersed in the, in the business of ministry or whatever mm. that I, I, I'm not, I am like the foolish man. Right. Right. It's like you that's hearing these words, but I'm just not legitimately put them into practice because the Pharisees did a lot of practices of spirituality.
1: Right. But
0: they weren't, they weren't getting the essence
1: of what Jesus was teaching. Right, exactly. And sometimes I think, you know, because it sounds, to me, it seems like he's, the foundation is the issue, right? And, and the foundation, that's where, right? The, the rock and the sand. Well, when it comes to building anything, the foundation, that's where you begin. Right. And, and I was just thinking about it earlier. I was in a meeting earlier, several hours ago. And anyway, we're in this meeting and we were talking about plans and all sorts of things. And, Anyway, at one point we we were praying um, at this meeting, and the prayer went something like this: um, "God bless our plans for the future." Blah blah blah. And it's almost like God is like saying, "No no no, you're mixing the rock and the sand, right?" Because yeah. really, what you're telling you, what you're saying is. Y- you know, as humans, we want to do our plans and uh, God just sprinkle us with your blessing and just make sure we, you know, we get it all figured out. And it seems like Jesus is saying, no, 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 you can't just sprinkle it in. You need to st- Start with yeah. listening to the word and then choosing, making decisions based on that. That's the foundation. That's where you begin. And then it goes from there, right? Um, because it, it, the only reason I, I go back to this whole idea of the foundation and the beginning and that thought is just, you know, I grew up in Chicago and it seems like in Chicago or really anywhere, it doesn't matter where, but anytime, you know, people want to build a, a great building, even our own church building here uh, a year plus ago um, when we did this whole expansion... Um, um, you don't start with the windows and the roof and the, the paint colors. No, no, no. You start with the foundation, right? And it also almost seems like, you know, you can tell how tall a building is going to be based on how deep they build the foundation, because that has to come first. And then what, I think once we do that, according to Jesus, I think that's probably his message. Man, you start with that. You listen to the word, but then you have to make a conscious choice to follow it. And you do that first before everything else. Yeah. And, and that's
0: a, that's a fantastic point. I th- I think, I, I think we're, we're close to what Jesus is really talking about. Um, you know, 40 odd years ago when I became a Christian, I, it, it was almost like I just had, I just had to confess. I really didn't know how to build my life, my house. Mm, mm-hmm. I was in trouble.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so I, I turned to, to him, became a believer, gave my life to him, came to the word, and I asked him to literally direct my feet the direction of my life. Um, very little of what I was planning on doing was ever realized because God had a complete different direction for my life. Um, but I had to become committed to acting upon what he was calling to do, and mm. as I shared on, on on this past week at church, for me uh, with Matthew, that the specific issue at one time was the, the actual Sabbath, mm. because mm-hmm. I was talking to some uh, great Christian friends that I had who all went to church on Sunday, mm. and I had this one friend uh, who who went to church on Saturday, and so I knew it was a difference, and I had engaged in conversation with him, and, and I really wanted to do, I wanted to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to do this, I don't want to do it half-hearted. I want to do it all the way. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, I had to, in a sense, almost become what some people perceived as fanatical. Uh, Mm. But I had to trust that God knew what he was doing as he called me out of a life that had not been following him to become his disciple and a follower of Christ to begin living my life according to his word. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was that was enormous for
1: me, enormous. Yeah, and it's no, that's that's interesting. And, and to me, it's interesting. And, and I should probably just we should make this the last point here. Um, but so okay, so as Jesus is going through this this landing of this great sermon, and he's kind of comparing these two individuals, it's almost like you don't know who's who until the storm comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is kind of interesting, right? So in other words. Both the wise and the foolish, um, their families are good. Their lives are good. Their ministries are good, right? So culture, society, everything is good. And you don't really, you can't really tell who's who until the storm shows up, right? And and so I just wonder, like, maybe sometimes storms reveal our foundation, like at, at our, at our core. And, and I'm not sure any one person can look at us and say, Oh, there's a crack in your foundation, right? That's almost something that the spirit can only do in us right uh when we're going through that it's like
0: it's like when we were in school jason you know whether pursuing some other degree and and the the they would have a pop quiz uh, mm. okay guys yeah. close your books get to take a blank piece of paper out of here's a right. you, what, what, what what wait a minute what you know right. and it, re, it it in a sense revealed to us whether whether we were on target of understanding the material that we, we were immersed in Uh, And it showed us, it it almost was a blessing, that short quiz, that storm became a blessing and a real gift to know whether I was really, you know, um, uh, consuming and and understanding
1: the kind of information I and I, if you can, share. no, I think that's a great illustration because if if you weren't thrown off by the pop quiz, that means right. you, you had, had done the hard work, right? And so you were you were prepared, and, and, which I think is also uh, interesting. And I'm not a contractor; I, I can barely build a, a, a you know a, a birdhouse, but um, but it seems like if you're gonna build anything on rock, that is a difficult process, right? You need equipment. You probably need some extra, you know, people to help you, uh, right? It takes work, right? That's going to take some time. You can't just show up and be like, okay, I'm going to build something right here. Um, Versus if you're going to build something on sand, like, you don't need anything, right? I could pop up a, you know, whatever, like, like right now, I don't even need a shovel. I could just dig with my hands, right? I mean, building on sand is quick and easy and simple. Um, and so it's almost like, you know, to your point, it's not, the reality isn't, well, will storms come? No, no, no. Storms, of course, will always come, right? I've, I've preached this before, even here at Kettering. I remember I preached a, a sermon one time where I said something like, um, you know, we're either in the middle of a storm right now or we just got out of one or we're heading into one, but that's all of us are somewhere along that, you know, that, that, that process. Um, but so the issue isn't whether or not they're going to show up. The issue is, um, you know, how strong is that, is that foundation? And sometimes that means we do have to do the work and we do need community. We do need each other, um, you know, to kind of get in there and, and figure that out. Cause a lot of times, you know, just going back to this whole storm situation, because Jesus is actually saying, right, there's wind and, and waters are coming up. Like if you kind of read this here, it almost sounds like he's describing a hurricane. Well, hurricanes are no joke, right. Um, with all the different elements. And it, so in other words, when you're in the middle of a hurricane, it's you can't fix a foundation in that moment, right? And, and so I, like you can't work on the foundation of your house in the middle of that. Um, it has to come first, right? Which I think, again, is kind of this... how how he's landing is like, listen, you can listen to this stuff, but really you need to decide today um, and and make decisions now um, to walk life with Jesus and and listen to these things that I've said and actually make decisions, applying them to your life. Um, And it's not, and that's not going to necessarily keep storms away. No, but it will help you get through them. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, any last uh, thoughts on this? But great message. Well, and- great teaching uh, other, other from than, this great sermon. You
0: know, all, all of us, all of us, I think what God is, is speaking to us through this is con- we ought to have confidence in Him. Mm-hmm. We trust Him. We, mm-hmm. we listen to His word. We follow His teaching. God is going to be with us, He mm-hmm. is with us. Mm -hmm. And he is going to sustain us. And uh, we live a life by faith. We're building a life, uh, physical house, physical life, community, family, all these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're we're all trying to make a difference. And I think there's a great sense of assurance in trusting Jesus. Mm -hmm. He'll never leave us. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is going to bless us.
1: Okay. No, that's great. Uh, I'm gonna pray real quick and then uh, and then we'll finish up all right so um, let's pray God thank you so much again for Paul and uh, his message last weekend and thank you so much for the scriptures um, these very practical teachings because the reality is that every single one of us right now watching or listening to this uh, video cast we all have dreams for our life or for our families or for our jobs or ministry and for our country and but God the reality is we will get through and we will survive and we will be be able to um, to be successful, not because things don't happen, but because of who we're with when they happen. So uh, thank, thank you man. for promising to be with us. Um, thank you for community. Um, and thank you just for the time that we have to to open these scriptures and apply them to our lives. And I just pray that um, if there is anyone within our world whom we can be community with and for uh, to help them, uh, I just pray that you open our eyes and give us the ears uh, to recognize uh, those people and do whatever we can to partner with you and loving them and supporting them so that uh, they can get through these storms. But um, thank you, God, again for this very practical teaching. And I just pray that you continue to move and walk with us wherever we are. Um, And may we always see more of you in uh, in every day. And may we start every day with you. I think that's it. We just want to start with you and then make a decision uh, to follow you um, always. So thank you, God. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for joining us. I hope you guys watch this week as Pastor Andrea is back and we are starting a brand new sermon series. So you're not going to want to miss that. And then, of course, as usual, we will be back here next week at Kettering Connect's videocast where we can take some time to discuss and process that teaching with Pastor Andrea. So thank you so much, Paul, for joining us. Thanks so much. Have a good week. See ya. on this computer yes you want me to record externally okay <laughs> now oh okay so the little red dot is going it says recording